boom. What's going on, guys? 360 Digital Closing Bell here for our week look back podcast for this gorgeous September 25th, 2020. As always, I'm your humble correspondent, Michael Dan, joined by the executive producer of the show, the purveyor of the show, international news aficionado and director and publisher of the world's greatest website, www.oilandgas360.com. Stuart Early, how you doing this week? Uh, good morning. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and you got a hall pass. Yes, this is step one of a two-step hall pass process. If you guys are interested in getting off work about 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, let you slip home, beat some of that traffic. Guys got to listen to this show. We'll give you a little quiz at the end. You got to answer it. And then you got to tune into the live show at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Available on the world's greatest website, www.oilandgas360.com, or live on YouTube from an undisclosed location. Um, but this is our weekly back podcast. Time stands at about uh, 6.37 a.m. here, so oil currently trading about 39.94. Uh, I mean, honestly, good to see, considering some of the volatility we had this week. We're going to cover everything that's happened volatility-wise. We're kind of going to walk through on a day-by-day basis. Stu's going to give us some of the top headlines for the day. We'll kind of react to them. Uh, we'll move into kind of how the oil levels look. We'll cover the DOE uh, inventories for both natural gas, which was actually a little bullish. That's why we're seeing now $2.18 gas. But we'll also look at crude oil inventories, a little interesting mixed signals there. Um, and then we'll check in with the 360 um, official, non-official fund. For, but first, guys, this show is brought to us by the world's greatest website, www.oilandgas360.com. Courtesy of the publisher, Stuart Turley. I, guys, I, I highly recommend for all of your energy, finance, technology, News, I mean, tell you, Oil and Gas 360 is the place to stay up to date. Me and student create the Oil and Gas 360 News Desk, which is available if you just go to the top bar, go to 360 X uh, Energy Expert, hit the drop down, hit News Desk. Bookmark that page, baby, because it's the one stop shop to stay up to date on all of your energy finance news. We run charts, we run uh, equity overview tables, all of the top stories of the day. We throttle everything to that 360 News Desk feed. I I would put that news feed up with some of the top news feeds in the country because of the way we throttle things that I absolutely love. You can check out our uh, our latest weekly long-form podcast. You can always check out all of the live daily shows on you on Intercom's YouTube channel, or you can check out the summary shows. we got to how to connect with all of us on social. Email the show, mtanner at intercominc.com. Stu also runs a podcast called the Energy 360 Network, which is the place for energy thought leadership. We've had some unbelievable growth Stu, who do you got coming up on that um well you know um well, i gotta give a shout out to a young uh co-host i mean host of the show <laughs> we've had over about a thousand hits on your show uh with uh ron geist from uh liberty you know what they say blind fi- blind mice finds cheese once in a while Oh, well, you know, well, you stumbled over that block of cheese because it's been one of our best performing ones. So good. Uh, good. So who else do you have coming up? I know you've got some data gumbo uh, that went out yesterday and it is really cool. Data gumbo um, is blockchain technology. And I absolutely love my time with uh, Andrew Bruce, the CEO and founder fantastic information we have another story coming out uh, monday about a uh loser win uh story out of canada and uh i've got another book here uh just came in it's called kremlin games it is this is gonna get us banned 
<laughs> sorry, just go. Sorry, no, no, go ahead. Yeah, just take a look at it. I'm gonna have it read over the weekend. We'll That's be- a thick. You're gonna get that read over the weekend, probably on the bike too. You're probably gonna. Why you don't audio book on the bike? No, I, I, I'm good enough that I just pedal without having to worry about anything that's else. that's good some people have to have that background noise but i can see you cranking out books on the audio version on the ride and then we have some other people right we've got some people kind of canned we're, we're going to be rolling out um yeah i'm working on the schedule on those so don't want to give it too much of a shout out well that's the nice part the schedule we are the schedule Stu. we get to pick and choose exactly when things drop um that's the beauty of, of uh, being the publisher you're in charge um Anything else? I mean, we, we live on YouTube every day. Any of the shows, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, all of the socials at OAG360. Um, hey, I want to give out a shout out to Abe, uh, the American Association of Black uh, Energy. Um, yes, the American Association of Blacks and Energy. Love those people. They're uh, oh, a good friend fab- of the show. Fabulous. Uh, she uh, launched her podcast this week, and uh, we are just really excited about it. We're going to run uh, a little story on it today, and uh, we just encourage everybody to go check out Abe and Paula's podcast. There'll be more information on that. Outstanding people. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. Um, I've heard the person who's producing that podcast is pretty sweet, too. So I'd highly recommend uh, checking that out. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Where you can find this podcast, which is available on the 360 Digital Closing. I know people have been expecting the Daily Show. We've had sound issues all week people so I, i'm taking this week off from posting the closing bell podcast live every day um to, to the 360 digital closing movie honestly just because these sound issues i wanted to slam my head into an ice pick i we it's we, we've done hours of testing it works on the testing and then we dive into the live show i'm telling you it's china china someone it's china or russia bots i'm th- no i'm just kidding it's probably neither of those it's you know what it is it's probably user error but we'll figure that out as we work through. So we'll get back on the on the, dropping the, the, the everyday show on the podcast Monday. You can also find us in the Oil and Gas Show. We're excited to be on this feed. We're kind of revamping um, the way this is going to look. So you might be seeing some visual changes if you subscribe to us through there. We really appreciate guys. Just rate, review, subscribe, or whatever channel you're listening to us. Do whatever makes the algorithms go nuts. We get enough. We get over a hundred reviews on the Oil and Gas Show podcast feed. I will get apps. I will commit to getting apps. I'll tell you what, uh, it's kind of fun. Um, Google loves you. Uh, and uh, I just watched The Social Dilemma last night, and I don't know if that's really a good thing, though. What do you mean? Oh, you haven't watched The Social Dilemma on Netflix, Stu? Oh, no. Uh, we might have to wind this podcast down early. You might need to go watch it. We might need then to sit back down, cut this together, and give me your thoughts. Holy smokes, Stu. That's your job tonight is watch The Social Dilemma, and we'll cover it on the Monday's podcast. Sorry, continue. Oh, hey, that, that's okay. But uh, the algorithms that we're doing, uh, it, you know, our team is doing phenomenal. Uh, we got some heck of a Google ratings uh, on everything going on. We can publish out uh, your story, at, and it's up on the number one Google search engine for oil news uh, almost every day. That's all. That's all. Thanks to you, I've got nothing to do with that. Um, but I think that's enough self-love. I mean, we spent eight minutes stroking ourselves off. I think we should probably. 
move into what happened this week. Um, it, it was a choppy week in both the, 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 the equities market and the oil markets. I mentioned, I think I told Stu this yesterday randomly. It would have been a great week to be a day trader. The volatility and the levels that were getting hit specifically on the ES side, which is, you know, you know full disclosure, I know we're a crude oil, we're a crude oil show here, but I trade more S&P and NASDAQ futures than I do oil futures. Um, I... You know, if, you, if you're in the, no, I want to say in the business, I'm not really in the business, but if, but if you're in that trading community, crude oil is known as crudella, Stu. Man, it's, she's salty, and she will get you. She is salty. So I stick to some of the more technical stuff. I mean, Dow Jones futures had some really nice levels. So if you were, if you're an equities trader, um, specifically on that future side, man, you had some, you had some good movement. But when we look at, when we kind of just dive into what happened Monday, markets opened pretty gap down. I mean, we had a, as, as you know, the markets, you know, you know, we had two days coming into this week that were down Thursday and Friday of last week. We saw gap open down of about oh yikes. Let's see what what do we have here? I mean, we're talking two we're talking like seventy points, Stu, which is not good. Choppy Monday day. If you're in the equities on, on crude oil side, um Monday was um pit opened uh, so, you know, as as you know for futures, the pit opens for the week four PM Mountain Standard Time on Sunday. So how I run my days are I leave out the overnight session, I keep I I, I draw my day one line at the pit open, which is seven thirty Mountain Standard Time, because that's really when the most liquidity starts happening. And so when we look at the pit open on Monday, Stu, holy smokes, we got driven down. We were trading that overnight session around forty one bucks. We saw an absolute nosedive below thirty nine. It actually hit the low of the week at thirty eight. What is that? Like thirty eight. Like thirty-eight eighty-seven. It's a matter of four or five hours, Stu. You saw over a two dollar swing in the price. Well, I mean, it was point of control was up at forty-one thirty-six before that happened. So you want to talk a tumble off the table. And that really led to kind of a down um uh a down Monday. There was some interesting news that happened. Stu, what are some of the top stories that happened that day? On the twenty first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, boy, it was interesting on that, you know. Um the shell uh, you you had on here, shell was cutting U.S. jobs. Yeah, that's thirty to forty percent, right? Oh, it was horrible. I mean, that's a beating. But it it that's leading into shell and BP's total uh, morphing that they're going through, and that is uh, divesting themselves of oil assets and going into the green energy space. Uh, yeah, I, it's. And, it's interesting. It's the it's the international oil majors that are making this move. When oh. I, I, it'll be interesting to see when when a Chevron and Exxon decide to make this move, because that's more I think representative of, of what the U.S. oil patch looks like from a holistic standpoint, not necessarily. You know what I mean? I mean, right now, I, you know, in the publishers' note, we ran E and I, BP, and Shell all migrating. What do they all have in common? Well, they're not headquartered here. No. And, um, you know, in the finishing out that uh, publisher's note, it says the consumers will be the one hurt by their own demand on this. So that one's an article called Shell Launches Major Cut uh, Cutting Drives. Uh, it'll be in the show notes. It was. Is a- this Project Reshape? Yes, this is Project Reshape. Yes, they so are. So they dubbed this, so they dubbed this, you know, you know to kind of give you the headline, Royal Dutch Shell's looking to slash up to 40% of its cost of producing oil and gas in a major drive to save cash 
Uh, and the internal cost-cutting review known as Project Reshape. Oh, yeah. Project Called Re- the bills. Um, they, their, uh, Shell's overall, uh, operating costs are 38 billion and capital spending 24 billion. And they're not advertising on the show. Shame on you, Shell. Oh, they're so missing the boat. You know, we could really help them with their ESG opinions of people. Uh, their marketing department needs to re- rename their, uh, programs that they have. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Goldman Sachs stuck to its forecast for Brent uh, to $49 a barrel and 65 barrels uh, by quarter next year. Wait, wait, Uh, 65 bucks quarter what? uh, Third quarter next year. 65? 65. Yeah. Wrong. Wrong. But go ahead, Goldman. Continue. Sorry. (laughs) Um, And there's another development that feeds all into this circle here of life, according to the Lion King. And that is uh, Libya. They say that even that takes care of the Libyan uh, development that Turkey is coming in as an EMP and just blowing past the the, uh, OPEC. uh, items and everything else. So this whole Shell article was a really full of good nuggets. So it was brutal. I see something else. Oxy's now paying cash to Buffett. What's this all about? <laughs> With uh, uh, let's see, if uh, Jesse James, the motorcycle, uh, absolute loved his shows a while ago. Yep, yep. Builds custom motorcycles, and on he has a tattoo on his hands. Uh, pay up sucker and that is he had to go play guido and cat and get people to pay warren buffett wants his money he's not going to take an iou anymore so if you well, he's been get, getting he's getting he's been getting paid in stock so i mean yeah. it's been what the the when did this close 2019 yeah. early mid mid july 2019 yeah so we're comparing warren buffett to jesse james well he's had three quarters of about I think it's eight hundred million in, prefer- oh, yeah. in in quarterly. I mean, that's a pretty good quarterly check. Whoop! It's a pretty good quarterly check he gets. And the last two quarters, they've paid him in stock. Which, if you're getting paid in oxy stock, it's about yeah. equivalent to Shroot Bucks at this point. So you're losing money each day, getting more. So he's finally like, "Yo, I want cash." And so if you read the article, you know this is why I love me a good Reuters article. It's a sign of the financial strength of Oxy. They can pay him in cash. Yeah, no. That was a conversation where Buffett and Munger got on the phone like, yo, pay me my money. In cash. Now. That's not a sign of financial in my view. I mean, I could could be off base on this one, but that's one where the headline I don't think matches up reality. No. Um, Going to the next part of this whole thing that feeds in together on the 21st, you just fell apart laughing on the Club Med uh, acronym that we had. There's a Mideast forum taking shape, uh, and it's all the folks uh, in the Mediterranean over this. We've been covering this uh, dramatic uh, play going on out there, except they're excluding Turkey 
and Libya and a few of the other folks. So uh, it's kind of humorous when you sit back and take it. Uh, and it, so um, Egypt has two uh, liquefied plants that have been that are idle and are trying to get in this. So it's Egyptian, uh, Cyprus, and France, and they're all trying to get all in this. The official ministers are Egypt, Israel, Greece, and Cyprus, Jordan, and the Palestinian Authority, and that's called the Club Med. <laughs> so I. Uh, I just think it's kind of funny. It's officially called the Eastern, the East Mediterranean Gas Forum. And all this is playing around because the Levi Leviathan field, mm -hmm. and it plays into the noble um, Chevron uh, acquisition because that's uh, one of the contentious fields that Elliott Management thinks is worth maybe a little bit more than what Noble sold for to Chevron. So if you're a regular listener to our show, this first whole... off god help you second <laughs> off thank you thank you we appreciate it we love um, you but this is one of the i'm gonna have to write a white paper on this because this is most most people are not picking up the intertwined story of everything going on in this area uh this is connected to this that's connected to this and people are not dotting the lines like we are uh, yep. it's just amazing stories that are going out there. So I think, yeah, that I, I, no, I think that covers it. I, before we move on to Tuesday, I'd be remiss if we didn't have a chapter 11 bankruptcy update, our <laughs> favorite CO2, um, flooding company, Denbury resources recapitalized, completed its refinancial structure and is now Denbury Inc. Shares opened Monday at $25 immediately. We're trading immediately. Then limit down 59 or $15 and now currently trading around eh, 18, 19 bucks. So, I mean, obviously some value loss. Um, it was sort of funny though. I read the press release. Um, they had three months to figure out how they were going to improve their uh, stock position, improve how investors felt about them. They come back with the same assets, the same management team, the same strategy. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about that one. Um, uh, you always say, what's wrong with this picture? Yeah, it's just, what, what's wrong? Uh, nothing's changed since pre-post-bankruptcy looks the same. Mm, I wonder what's going to happen. You remember, uh, is it Leslie Nelson when he's in uh, one of his shows, he's walking by and everything's blowing up behind him. And nothing to see here. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to see here. I'm, I'll start writing the chapter 22 paperwork so that when you guys, so in a year and a half, you guys can just call me, save you guys some time. I'll charge you a little friends and family discount. There you go. So are we moving on to... Yeah, let's move into Tuesday. I mean, really, Tuesday was one of the, you know, first on the oil side, absolutely <laughs> nothing happened. It was just very little news other than, you know, I, I would say some really volatile trading stuff. Um... Equities really were reacting to Fed, uh, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell continuing to reiterate that the Fed is going to continue to support the economy, a.k.a. pump it with cash. So, uh, you know, if, if you're a large institution, you're a mid-range bank out there, you're going to see money be continue to flow. With. I mean, not that this is a great, you know, not that this affects oil and gas too much, but hey, I mean, the more money that's out there is trading around. Um Prices stayed on the oil side fairly flat. Uh, API came out and ex expected. 
um, a little more uh, of a of of a, a draw than we ended up seeing on Wednesday, which is kind of why you saw on Wednesday that pit uh, the the pit price end up falling. We also saw very interesting my U.S. mileage data, so just giving you an idea of how many off people are driving. Lowest levels of mileage usage since July. 2012, which is absolutely brutal. Chief market, uh, chief global market strategist at Axie said many oil traders are subscribing to the dominant macro narrative that as far as the oil price recovery is concerned, last week's top might be, and this is, he says as good as it, you know, this is, it's not good. This might be as good as it gets for a while when mapping oil prices tangentially to rebound in economic activity. You know what that means, Stu? They think 42 is the top. They think this is where we're going to be for a while. And these are what people are trading as. Goldman Sachs, think whatever you want, baby. Um, I'm a, I'm afraid to pull the amazing Kreskin. Uh, I put that genie back in the bottle. I, I got blown by them. <laughs> you were too accurate. Yeah, on the U.S. sales side, it was really nothing. We saw Matador come out and say they completed four wells. Yay, that should be good. Go read that press release. That was fun. I'm not an engineer, but it just read scummy. It read like an invest. It read like someone presenting an inve- at an investor conference, and they showed me a well log. It's like, bro, I don't really care. <laughs> I don't really. I can't read this. It's it was a trip. It, it was a trip. Stu, what was on the international news desk that day? On uh, the 22nd, you know, we had BP week the week before, and this falls right into BP, Exxon, all of the majors morphing. And I've never seen a morph like this in an industry uh, ever before. And um, they, they terminated a deep sea um, Aberdeen contract. And it is actually a drilling rig, an offshore rig that is just absolutely huge. I almost wonder how much they paid to get out of this thing. Um, and you, you know these things have hundreds of thousands of dollars of uh, rent per day, and if they're willing to buy their way out of that contract, holy most, they're killing it. Now, uh, you and I also talked about that there are several places in the world that they are going to keep, and we're going to have a show on. Well, well, tell what are those places? Well, it's like Nigeria, and it's uh, the North Gulf. Sea. Let's it's Gulf of Mexico. Well, I wonder why. Profitable oil. Guess <laughs> what? It ain't on land, on land so it's kind of interesting. And uh, later on in the week, they uh, had a discussion about the majors. That's later in the week, but it was followed up with this same subject. Uh, there's 293 countries that the majors are in. And they're exiting uh, 200 of those, so they'll only be in about 93 countries. So pick your favorite countries and and find out which ones are politically stable to be investing in. Yeah, I mean that's 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 good advice actually. That's great advice. Um, What else happened? I'm seeing uh, Australia is doing 13 billion in energy tech. Yeah, energy tech, and I, I kind of misled uh, our listeners on that just a little bit on the day because I said it was solar and wind and technology. It is in the sense that this technology is for batteries and storage, mm. and so it has got to support those uh, industries. Right now, as we're seeing in California and everywhere else, it's absolutely uh, – 
worthless to have 30% of your uh, power generated by solar and wind, which, you know, we love uh, renewables uh, as long as it's the lowest kilowatt per hour. To I'm on a 100% renewable grid here. Are you really? 100% renewable. Sorry, my power just went out. I had to go get on my bike to spin it up. Yeah, 100% renewable. I'm just kidding, Stu. I got power over here. I'm just... Craig, are you there? Hello, McFly. Hello, McFly? <laughs> no, I was just joking. My power... I just I just killed my camera. My power went out. I don't have any... Oh, yeah, no. It's, uh... It's, uh... No, I'm not 100% renewable. I don't think I have enough solar panels on this thing. I'm living in, like, a 1970s house up in the Highlands in Denver here. There ain't, there ain't no... There ain't no renewables in sight. No, and... Um, that's one of the funny things about technology coming around the corner are mini grids and some of their mini grids are actually um, natural gas power plants for the house. Uh, the marketing people are spinning this crud like you wouldn't believe. Anyway. I just on. think what we need to do is, is breed mice to run fast on wheels, on hamster wheels, and we'll just have a a grid powered by hamster wheels. That's what I that that's my solution to the energy. We'll just get these jacked hamsters to just run and they'll just run marathons on these things. I think it'd be sweet. I'd rather have politicians being chased by tigers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I don't care what political persuasion you are. I just want them that's to be chased by tigers. <laughs> Sorry. I can just picture, I'm just picturing the Roman Coliseum and you just got average people in the stands and now all of a sudden you just see uh, you just see Mitch McConnell running out there and there's this, this tiger sprinting out after him oh that kills me care. I'm so tired of politics you know which is uh, you kill me I think with that we gotta move on okay. uh, anything, anything else happened that day oh no it and nothing worth talking Good, about. Good, because finally on Wednesday, Stu, the markets turned positive. We had four straight negative days. I was tired of seeing red on the board all day. And yes, we finally get an okay day on the markets. Um, you know, major percentages. Um, um, yeah, yeah, sorry, excuse me. Um, oh, no, we're talking third... Yeah, excuse me. So Wednesday we saw, yeah, so not good on the day, at least for the overall equities market. Excuse me, I was looking at the wrong day here. Forgive me, people. I'm getting my charts wrong. Um, the four-day session streak is snapped uh, on Thursday, not Wednesday. Um, so we had Friday was bad. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday were pretty bad as we move into, uh, as we, or excuse me, Monday and Tuesday workers we move into Thursday. <laughs> Absolute uh, not good. Dow Jones was down 367 points. S&P was down over 1.5 percentage points. Um, you know, this was speaking of battery day. This was actually battery day for Tesla. It was sort of funny. This is almost like their Apple day where they reveal all their new products. They reveal all of what their plans of the future is. They give an update on when their delivery dates are going to be. At the end of the markets due, shares of Tesla were trading down over 9%. So you can you can tell how investors feel about some of the tangible news that comes. I know we've seen Tesla an absolute run up in the stock price, but it's kind of funny they actually provide tangible news, and their yeah. stock tanks. Well, there's a little bit of uh, funniness to that, and I have to admire Tesla. And um, 
the funny thing is that was the same day that uh, Governor uh, I'm a dope out of California uh, signed the bill and said that he wants all combustion engines out of California. Oh, we'll and, get to that. Don't worry. We'll get we'll get to that here. We'll okay. get to that. But Tesla is heading to Texas and getting out of California as well, too. Um, well, there but, yeah. The battery day for Tesla actually shows that he is trying with his cars. Uh, they are too expensive. Hundred thousand dollar. I believe you even talked about this. Hundred thousand dollar car. Who can afford it uh, for a, Do we, a Tesla's? I don't think it's a hundred. Let's find out. You can find the price online. Continue. Um, but by the time you do the batteries and everything else, the life expectancy of the battery, uh, the children that are you know, working on all the precious minerals in Africa. I mean, it's a horrible kind of thing on the batteries. So he's trying to change the technology on the batteries, targeting 24K uh, for a battery system for an electric car. Pretty darn smart. So I got to hand it to Tesla to change the technology when he's not waiting on other people. Uh, He is filling his own supply line yeah sixty-five thousand for a new model s right but the battery portion of that is uh upwards of 35k so he's wanting to reduce his battery portions that goes in with a story that we ran three weeks ago with uh china building a battery um uh recycling plant yeah uh okay that adds some co2 to them batteries as they get hauled over to china to get recycled you know what recycling in china means i'm gonna get myself in trouble if i answer so no um pushing them into tibet (laughs) i was gonna say throwing them in the ocean but that works too um so I should I so I should we should I shouldn't order this Tesla for you. I'm I'm, I'm working through right now. Um, I I believe that Tesla may be on it eventually, but well, I I think whether they become fully electric or they become some renewable natural gas power, I think what he's on to is the self drive is the driverless, the, the the AI software that drive basically drives the car for you. I mean that's some some rock solid stuff right there. And that's what I think is a lot of the IP behind Tesla. Do I think the all-electric will be, I don't know, maybe? I, I you know, I could see these things running off renewable natural gas in I 10 would, years. I would buy a self-driving car in about two and a half seconds when I'm driving through traffic and I see my wife putting on her makeup, a cell phone in her ear and driving with her knees. Heck yes. I would buy one because I don't want a liability of my wife putting makeup on in the in traffic. Yeah, there you go. Do it for the makeup. Um, all right, let's talk about this California because that was kind of the biggest thing that happened on Wednesday. Um, you know, I, well, I think it was two things. One, two thirds U.S. oil executives think you peak oil has passed. <laughs> Good one. Um, California um, comes out and require and, and pass a new law requiring that all new cars by twenty thirty five are zero emission sold new cars. So it's going to do a couple things. One, it's going to be a nice used, if you're a used car dealer and know how to work on gasoline-powered cars, 
Holy smokes, you are going to have a job in California for a while because people are going to pay big bucks to keep their gasoline-powered car up and running so they don't have to go buy it, as we just saw, a really expensive um, electric car. Now, 2035, they might come down. I also pledged on the closing bell that day to I will get abs by 2030. If, if, if we don't hit the 100 reviews before 2035, I will get on California's schedule and, and get abs by then as well. Um, I've got an ab right now. It's called a one pack. It's just sitting on ice. So, no. And he's just another, this is another example of just a little too much regulation and a, oh, it would be nice to clean up the environment, but the execution of that is wrong. The sentiment could be right. Hey, they, 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 they want to reduce emissions in the United States. It's a noble cause, but I think there are, is the way to go about that banning or not banning, but you know, requiring zero emission cars to be sold by 20. I don't know. Maybe I don't think so. Some people, obviously California thinks differently. So good thing I don't yeah. live there. The, you gotta have a balanced power diet. They don't 30% of their power is renewable. It is unstable. They don't have the storage. They, they are killing their nukes. They are killing their natural gas, blah, blah, blah. They're stupid. Uh, they have not managed their power, and they're going to put a strain on the electrical system with cars. Can we, can, can we get that on a T-shirt? Blah, blah, blah. They're stupid. <laughs> I want that on a T-shirt, along with it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Sorry. That was just... Blah, blah, blah. They're stupid. It's what they sometimes sound like. Other thing that happened on Wednesday, DOE crude oil inventories, courtesy of EIA and Intercom Analytics, cushing crude stocks did uh, uh, total cushing uh, cushing crude stocks did spike a little bit, um, which is okay. They're still tra- or they're still below their uh, moving average. About uh, fifty million barrels currently in that tank on average. We're, we're about forty seven right now. Uh, total U.S. stocks did drop by about one point six million barrels. Weekly production dropped off by two hundred thousand barrels down to ten point seven million. Recent uh, average U.S. gas price two dollars seventeen cents. I'm starting to see that out here in Colorado, which is good, good, good to see. But finally, utilization continues to move up seventy four eight point uh, eight percentage points, which is great. Sammy, we were seeing high sixties earlier, and hopefully see that number above seventy five. Again, total U.S. stocks currently about. Uh, 49, uh, 494.41 million U.S. production currently, st- you know, 10.7. That's a little high, I think. Um, you know, I, I think we're going to probably see that uh, bad boy rise a little more. Um, you know, I, I think it'll probably settle around 11, 2, 11, 3 million barrels. Hopefully next week, it'll be interesting to see how much of that production continue to come back on. None of it was really shut down due to this last tropical storm beta. So some of this um, production all the way back from Hurricane Laura, I mean, we've got to go two hurricanes back now. Uh, to, to, to see some of this production still coming back online, so I think that number is going to be a little, maybe a little spike next week. I, I think you know that two hundred thousand. I think was a, a reflection of the stuff that didn't come online from Sally and, and some of that that came offline during bid. I expect to see that reversed as we move into Wednesday. Uh, what was on the international news desk that day? Uh, more morphing um, by the majors. Uh, Rystad put out. Uh, some interesting numbers. You and I talked about um, the ge- geographical spread of Exxon, BP, Shell, Total, E&I, and Chevron, and ConocoPhillips and Equinor. Yep. Uh, they are with. They are going to divest the combined resources up to sixty-eight billion barrels of oil equivalent 
uh, unbelievable at a value of 111 billion um, with spending commitments of 2021 and 20 billion. What's a few billion between friends? Yeah, let's just come. They should all just advertise this deal on three on oil and gas 360. We'll take a, a small fee. Um, the Indonesia with all of them are pig piling almost in the same groups. Uh, the article also talks about uh, acquiring the Philip Conoco Phillips would the uh, acquire the Indonesian portfolios. Um, I mean, it's they're all going to be trading um, and getting their assets out so they can show their stockholders that they're green greenies. Um, like the old strategy, Cotton. We'll see how that one plays out. Uh, Chevron is doing the least amount of this, and I'm going to put my money on Chevron. Okay. Okay. They are doing some that uh, they're going to be the ones to watch. They're the uh, uh, dark horse out, not the dark horse, but they're the only one standing out in the corner. They're like me when the dodgeball games were all being picked, and I'm the dope in the corner. For uh, instance, BP, I'm just going to read you this one part. For instance, BP could swap its position in Algeria for ENI's holdings in Australia. All right, I'm starting to do some math on these assets and it's not adding up. BP's Algeria portfolios val valued around 320 million. This is almost like a uh, game of, uh, was it the P under the cup? You know, where you're shuffling the cups around and trying to find the... Oh, I see. The shell game. Shell game. Thank you. And then uh, another example is Shell swapping its assets in Norway for Total's uh, portfolio in Oman. Oman. Good grief. Okay. It's like a game of risk. Uh, no, this is a game of, like, I want your wife. I mean, this is just ridiculous. Sorry, this is Bathsheba out of the Bible. All right. Uh, no. Um. I, I. Another thing I forgot. This is. This is a, a. You know. I hate covering all the majors. I. I love them, but they get too much coverage. I could really care less about Chevron. Does they operate in a different stratosphere than the rest of these companies? Some finally some U.S. shale patch news that we all enjoy. Extraction had some filings that dropped. Eh, I don't know if it was Wednesday, Tuesday night. A site called DebtWire.com. Tough to find some stuff because you. They. They. You talk about paywall. Woohoo! I did see some stuff though. They've submitted a couple different plans for their Chapter 11 restructuring. One of them is an acquisition slash merger plan with a couple different suitors. And the only suitor I was able to verify that actually submitted an offer was High Point Resources, another Colorado DJ based player. Um, love their website, by the way. Go check it out. It's pretty good. Um, I hear somebody pretty cool did it. Yeah, that's, I agree. Um, and so that's one of the, 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 the confirmed buyers. A couple other buyers out there. And those are full acquisitions, not, you know, we'd call it a merger. Um, the other one is a complete recapitalization and, and re, what I would say, flipping around, you know, um, brand change. I mean, they're going to emerge, you know, Denberry just decided to drop resources and change it to ink. Oh, wow. That's going to really get me, get me invest in here. Um, so we'll see what extraction decides to do. Hopefully they try to extract some value out of this company and change their name. Um, got someone who can help you guys with that. Yeah, they they paid a dollar fifty for their marketing person to add ink, right? 
Yeah. They're using Fiverr to find their marketing people. <laughs> so um, that's about the most interesting shale patch thing that happens. It'll be interesting to see what hap- happens with I- I- extraction. You know, there's some other deals that are being sniffed around there. Nothing that we could really, I don't know, confirm, talk about here on the show. So let's kind of go ahead and move into Thursday. Uh, you know, yesterday was, you know, Thursday chop. This was actually the day I mentioned this dude. Man, gosh, should have day traded because it was, uh, you know, we were, we were up 300 points, down 200 points. Um, finishing about 40 points, 800, sorry, excuse me, it's like an 800 point swing, so I mean, you want to talk about different levels to hit, indices overall ended lower, so, you know, we had a nice little um, uh, indices lower, so I mean, mean, hopefully we can see some of this this, this price rise today, Um, first time U.S. jobs, uh, state uh, unemployment benefits totaled 8 Hundred and seventy thousand for the week ended September nineteenth, higher than the Dow Jones estimate of about eight hundred and fifty thousand. So again, a little reason why the job you know, oil prices stayed fairly flat. They were through the mid thirties throughout the session, trading like forty twenty two around about one fifty when that pit closed. Natural gas were up about two and a half or two point eight percentage points off the back of stocks, moderately moderately rising due to Bloomberg and Intercom Analytics data. So to give you an idea, guys. Um, Stocks were up 66 billion cubic feet, which is a little bit high for this this time. You know, we usually we're entering draw season. Last week we saw unusual 80, uh, 89 billion cubic barrel build. Now what we're seeing is 60. And so hopefully that number's continue to fall. And as as long as it does, it's going to continue to support gas price. I mean, currently gas price is still 221. So I mean, not great. We keep I keep hearing three dollars and fifty gas. I don't know, Stu. I don't know, but um, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I am wrong. What happened on the news desk that day? I had some real entertainment. I mean, I, I got a really sick sense of humor. <clears throat> but China's president came out and said um, China's national security and carbon neutral uh, plans were actually uh announced the day before and then they had a nice uh john kemp had a nice summary article of everything that's in there you're a jack kemp fan we got to get that guy on the show ah he's he's a i'm gonna good point let's call call him today um china was a net importer of coal oil and gas in 2018 and to let our listeners know what exactly all this is is the day before the Chinese said, uh, we're going to be carbon, we're going to maximize or peak our pollution in carbon production in 2030. All right. Then we're going to be carbon neutral in 2060. I put on here, I need to see some meat on that bone. Their, Their announcement was absolutely like one of my high school papers devoid of any material or plans i mean this is like writing as we said a check to your ex-wife that you know is going to bounce um there's nothing there you're going to have a one pack before they they're the biggest polluter in the planet and their promise and then everybody in the world was giving them the golf clap oh china we love you you're doing great you're going to get the uh, Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, I'm pledging to reach peak peak weight in 2030. So I'll probably peak at about 400 pounds, and then I'll kind of 
slim <laughs> off and get that six pack um, by then. Because that's what they're saying, right? We're going to peak. We're peaking. Yeah, you're And then we're slimming high. down. I like it. Oh, unbelievable. Uh, I, I, I wish that I could have that kind of thing to tell the IRS. Uh, I'm going to really peek out on all my payments to you in 2030. I'm not going to pay you a thing till then. And then I'll maximize all my back payments in, in 2060. And then I'll become a French citizen right before that. Uh, go figure. I, I'd like to have that kind of front. The, the next one was a satellite picked up a oil spot off of uh, the tanker in Yemen. And we talked about this last night on the show. And the poor people of Yemen do not deserve this. This tanker has been sitting there for five years. God bless the Saudis. They are absolutely going nuts to try to get this derelict uh, tanker that is spilling oil uh, fixed. The UN is sitting there with their finger in their ear for five years and they've known about it and they won't do a thing. It is now broken off its mooring and it is a disaster that's going to be four times worse than the Exxon Valdez. And it makes my heart sick for them. Yeah, it's brutal. It and it's I am I am so disappointed. You last night you teased because I kind of let it out in a, a very very big secret that I'm not a fan of the UN. They need to be tossed out of the U.S. Next thing is they're not doing their job. Why are we paying their bill when they're about to support the biggest natural disaster in oil and gas history that is going to give our beloved oil and gas an energy uh, market yes. a black eye? And more importantly, it's yes. for the human humanity, the poor folk. I don't care. You're a human, and you don't deserve this. Sorry. So this is just breaking across the Bloomberg terminal here. President Trump announces Stuart Turley, new ambassador, U.S. ambassador to the U.N. I would. They would not. I wouldn't pass the background check. <laughs> That's probably why. Did you get the job? So, hey, we're wide open. Stu's, Stu's available, and I can take over the website if necessary. Oh, absolutely. And, and Michael, you absolutely cracked me up because I said if it doesn't walk like a duck or doesn't quack like a duck because it doesn't quack because it's covered in oil. We had a good line. We had a fun closing bell. So I highly recommend checking out. Live on Intercom's YouTube channel. I think it's like www youtube.com backslash user backslash intercom backslash live it's where we go every day 2 p.m mountain standard time um yeah i mean it, it was an international and a and an oil majors week this week which between me and you Stu, i hate i'm a down i'm a i'm an old not an old school i'm a new school small time u.s shale guy love me that extraction story love me those those politics going along in there love me some of the energy tech stuff that we have going on uh we are r rolling heavily into earnings season here. And oh. I think that's kind of the, what I would say, calm before the storm. And this week, as you know, this focus was on international and majors this week, we're about to shift heavy into quarter two, you know, you quarter three earnings calls. Woohoo! But the sources I have, uh, I told you on Sunday that it's going to get worse next week and buckle up. 
Yay. Just what I want to know. All right, well, let's go ahead and move in to the levels for oil. As always, guys, this segment is sponsored by Sandstone Capital Group. These guys do great research. Um, you can check out everything of theirs, sandstonecg.com. Call them, 303-907-6825. Remember the podcast sent you. We don't get any credit if you don't say that. Look at the levels for the week. I mean, it was you know choppy week. If you were you know if, if you were trading oil and gas, good. If you're trading oil, good luck this week, man. It was you know low level. We're we're talking thirty eight seventy two is probably the floor, but you know eh, eh, really on the upside it was choppy. I would say our our our, our next closest level on the downside is going to be somewhere around that thirty nine twenty level. I think it's a it's a good upside level point of control for the weeks thirty nine eighty. We see nice volume bench on the upside thirty nine ninety three forty seventeen is a good level forty sixty two is probably where our top is now. Could could we see somewhere in the you know forty eighty range maybe forty one uh, maybe but I'm I've seen the fundamentals do not show me all of that. You know, on the natural gas side, it was down, it was up. I mean, it was it was it was a wild day. I mean, he was talking about teacup action today. We saw down to, you know, we saw st- we started the week. Excuse me, you know, really started, um, you know, we started the week around two dollars even, down all the way to a dollar eighty. Now driving itself all the way back up to two twenty. So it gives you an idea how one volatile natural gas is. Don't don't day trade this. Don't don't pretend you're smart enough to do stuff like this. You don't pay enough money for those weather weather models. Trust me, I've looked into it. They're more than a Bloomberg terminal. So go get yourself. If you're thinking of getting a weather model, just get a Bloomberg terminal. It'll be more interesting for you. Um, but I do see I I I, I you know the twelve month strip does not look good, Stu. You 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 throw you throw nat gas on a forward curve. I don't see this. I don't see the same story. All of these big boys, Rystad and Varus, BT. I don't. I don't see what they're seeing. And you know, hey, that's probably why I'm. That's probably why I'm doing this, and I'm not working for them. <laughs> you know, it's probably why they're trusted, and I'm not. But I, I, I you know, the, every every week goes by, Stu. I'm waiting for something to change. Fundamental. It, it hasn't. We're sitting in. It's October, Stu. Don't don't go work for them because I'm going with you. Yeah, I'm not trust me. I ain't gonna go work big corporate. You ain't gonna come. I work at corporate still. You think this work? You think this works at a corporate office? No, we're having too much fun. We're having way too much fun. Um, as we mentioned, DOE inventory. Um, you check all of the inventory numbers out at the world's greatest website, oilandgas360.com. Backslash dashboards. Backslash oil dash and dash gas dash inventories backslash seriously we have it in the show notes check it all out as i mentioned uh, about uh, 1.6 million crude oil inventory dropped to 494 million barrels um recent gas prices two dollars 17 cents for final utilization 74.8 percentage point u.s field production down 200,000 barrels uh 10.7 million barrels those were that was updated about 10 30 um there on wednesday doe natural gas inventory but the most interesting thing you're seeing is that 66 total bcf net change in u.s natural gas stocks a little higher, you know, we like to see draws, but hey, we'll take what we can get at this point. Those drop at about 9 o'clock Mountain Standard Time every single Thursday. As we know, uh, rigs dropped. Um, if you're an Inveris subscriber, and so people always wonder this, well, I see S&P wrote an article on Thursday night telling me rig counts. Why can't I see them until Friday at 11? Well, you're common folk like us. So if you're, Baker Hughes was originally set up the rig count you know, they were in charge of counting rig counts. Mo- and not in charge. They just had the most access to information. They were doing a lot of the work. They, you know, they, they're a service company. It makes sense. They know that number. Well, as 
data and companies get bigger, they offloaded that process to Inveris. And so what Inveris does is they release to their subscribers Thursday midday rig counts. But if you're an average person like Stu and I, which still annoys me. I mean, we got, we've had Inveris on the, the, the show nine times. They can't just throw us a DI license. I mean, trust me, I've worked in SaaS, Stu. I know how easy it is to deploy credentials. All right. Uh, you know, uh, besides giving you a defibrillator, I'm going to call Alan over there, the uh, found, founder, and see what we can I'm do. mostly kidding, but I'm also not. So, <laughs> but, uh, but no, that's why, that's where that discrepancy goes. I think people always tell me, hey, why, why do I see this in an article on Thursday night, but I can't pull it up bigger? Well, you got to be an Inveris subscriber. And I give them credit. It's a good marketing tool for them. So if, if, if we're going off, um, I actually got to pull the numbers up here because it was a big number. I, if, if I remember, we were up 15 rigs, Stu, to yep. 308, which is the first time we've seen 300 plus rigs since COVID hit, correct? That is correct. Unbelievable. Um, I posted on the article. You can find the oil and gas 360 published. You can know a little overview of what that is. But yeah, I mean, look at this. 15 rig count increase, 308 week ending for September 3rd. Or excuse me, 23rd, excuse me. Largest weekly gain in more than six months. Woo! Permian rig counts. They accounted for seven, increasing to a total of 135. Highest in West Texas since late July. Eagleford gained three rigs. Hey, Michael, uh, we will have to double check because we ran a story three weeks ago about an Argentinian firm that was going to drill 111 uh, wells by the end of the year. I wonder if any of those were them. Yeah, I wonder. We can go in and check. If we had our DI license, I could let you know, but we don't. So uh, we'll just have to go off the article. No, I'm just kidding, but I'm also not really. Um uh what else we got here um i'm just trying to kind of skim here see here we go plats analytics see this is a number i can get behind plats analytics projects wti oil prices for next year average 40 70 with q1 averaging 37 and q4 at 44 that's legit numbers what is this 65 dollars a barrel by goldman sachs you know why they're saying that? So they can do SEC, so they can take they can take clients from Netherlands Sewell and do SEC reporting. That's why they're coming out with that number. You just um, want to throw it out there? That, I, you know. I would agree with them because... Come on, they, you run an EMP company, Stu? Who are you hiring? Someone who tells you SEC strip pricing is going to be 65 or 45? Oh, 45, and, and, or uh, even... 65. No, you're, you're doing this, because trust me, you want to produce investor slide decks at 65 strict. Kept cutting out. What did you say? I'm just... I, sorry, I'm, I'm going off, because this is something that is just... By, so, you've got... What bothers me about Goldman Sachs and these non-specific oil and gas analytics companies coming out and giving me their oil price of 65, that... It, they're not doing that because they actually think oil's going to be 65. You know why they're doing that, Stu? They're doing that because they're not trying to take clients from our, our favorite people, Netherlands Sewell. Because if you're an oil and gas executive, how do right. you want your reserves stated? Do you want them using SEC pricing, which is $65 a strip? Or do you want someone like Netherlands Sewell to say, well, guys, we have to kind of look at what you're selling it for. Yes, SEC strip pricing is $52, but the moment you produce that barrel... Of fifty-five dollar oil in the ground, you sell it for forty. 
Well, the uh, Netherlands Soul folks must be listening to our show because OPEC is really mad at OPEC Plus. Club Med is now getting involved with everything. And you take a look at the all the countries that are overproducing against the uh, quotas put out by OPEC. Uh, they, all that adds up is to a lower Are price. you breaking on this podcast? that OPEC plus and some OPEC members were cheating on Absol- oil production cuts. And I'm, I also, who would have guessed I'm, you were just, I'm, you were just breaking news left and right. Uh, breaking news also is that OPEC uh, rolled up its newspaper and smacked OPEC plus around like a puppy yeah. uh, because they're, they're wanting to get rid of them. OPEC has lost a lot of power in pricing. So the disparage, uh, the uh, un- unlawful, uh, also against sanctions, uh, all of this mess is keeping the production low, uh, production price low. The, the pricing mechanisms are messed up over the world. Well, you yeah, because it. everybody's got an angle. Every, very, everyone's got an angle. Goldman Sachs has got an angle with telling you oil's going to be 65 bucks. They're they not listening. Clients. They want clients. They want clients. Yeah, they're not uh, listening to your show, Michael. No, they don't really care. <laughs> but you should, if you are listening, you should advertise. We'll help. We'll fit. We'll help you with your, uh, with your, with your pricing models. Um, <laughs> no, so I'm looking at the time here. We're over an hour. So are we missing? I, I, are we missing anything here? I mean, yeah. Real quick, two seconds. Um, uh, One, OPEC. two. All right. We're d- I'm just kidding. <laughs> Click. <laughs> uh, OPEC uh, is running their uh, yearly forecast for next year on October 8th. And I've ordered the media kit ahead of time so that we can try to uh, get in there. And uh, I'll let you know if they call us to, to moderate it. Yeah, let me know that. We're, we've already done a couple OPEC plus Zoom moderations. It's pretty easy to just have us go back and do that again i don't have anything more so i think we should go ahead and wrap up part one of a two-day or a two-step hall pass process cue the music thank you guys for checking out oil and gas 360 the 360 digital closing bell the itunes available on itunes spotify youtube also available on the oil and gas show for Stuart turley i'm michael tanner and the entire oil and gas we will see you this afternoon for our final hall pass and the digital ticker <laughs>